All right, you can turn to the book of Proverbs. We'll get there in a moment. We're going to continue. Speaking about the pitfall of gossip. Gossip. We noted that uh, there are several different words that relate to the subject. They all have a little different meaning. But whether it's gossip, whisperers, tailbearers, backbiters, busy body slanders, you know, all these, they work together. Now, gossip can be, can be something true. You might be saying something true about somebody, but it just doesn't need to be said. Uh, slander is a little different. That is obviously, um, it's, slander is not true, and the whole intent of using a slander is to injure somebody. And you can be trying to injure somebody by telling the truth about somebody. And we'll hope, hope we'll explain that a little bit more as we go along. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bad, wicked, wicked sin. We noted that, uh, that that's one of the characteristics of the devil himself, making accusations against the brethren. So we looked at what gossip is. We secondly looked at who gossips. And thirdly, last week we uh, looked at where does gossip come from. Of course, it comes from an evil heart. We can blame all sorts of other things, but it comes from right there. And then we began point number four, what does gossip do? We noted, first of all, that it wounds, it poisons, and that's as far as we got. So we want to... Pick up with the next one. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for your, your word and ask that it'll be instructive. Lord, prevent us from falling into this pitfall. That's why we're having these lessons. Lord, we don't, we don't want to fall into these. These are horrible sins. And this is one of those sins that is easy to slip into and not even realize it. And I pray, Lord, that if, if we find ourselves in a a pit like this, that we would, we would get out, that we w- wouldn't stay there. It's going to ruin a, a lot of people's lives, and I just pray that you'd help us. And Lord, help me to know what to say, how to say it, uh, to make applications. Lord, it's, it's not just something we talk about, but it's something uh, we need to apply to our lives and make sure that we, we don't practice this wicked sin. So please, guide and help, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about uh, what does gossip do? It wounds, it poisons, and then thirdly, it ends friendships. It ends friendships. So we're going to look at a couple of verses here. We'll spend a little bit of time uh, in, uh, on this point. But I want you to see in Proverbs 16, verse 28, the Bible says, A froward mouth, a man, soweth strife. So now we see strife. Strife's not a good thing. Strife and contention. It said, and, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. The whisperer, the one who goes around, you know, whispering. Not all whispering's bad, uh, but probably the majority of, majority of it is. Uh, But it says, a whisperer separateth chief friends. The idea of whispering, he's repeating something. He's he's saying something in hushed tones. He doesn't want others to say. And obviously, the reason he's doing that is because he's saying something he shouldn't say. Or she is saying something they shouldn't say. And it says that they separate chief friends. You can have really, really close friends and something can 
get in and drive a wedge between that friendship. And he's saying what it is here. It's the idea of gossip can ruin a whole lot. Now, let's look at another verse in chapter 17, next chapter, verse number nine. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. So we'll cover the first part of that verse in in a bit here. But the last part of the verse is he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. The idea again, good friends, that friendships dissolve. And why? Because someone whispers, someone gossips. And here this this verse says, um, someone repeats a matter. What is it about mankind that when you hear something bad about somebody else, whether you can verify it or not, you just want to share that with somebody else? Well, we looked at that last week and we found out where that comes from. It comes from an evil heart. And I think the scriptures are pretty clear that we shouldn't repeat matters to other people. Um, You may hear something, but that doesn't mean you have to tell everybody else what you've heard. And when you do, it's going to injure people. So we can talk in generalities. Let's... um, Let's give a, some, a, a, a for example, okay? So say, okay, we've got a college. Say some, someone in the dormitory hears something about a staff member. And it's bad. I mean, it's really bad what they've heard. And so what do they do? Well, they're in a group of friends, so they well, <laughs> guess what I heard? Oh, oh they... If they did, this is so, oh. And then it kind of travels. It's, it's not been verified. It's just something you heard. Well, number one, where did you hear it? Well, I don't know. I just, I've heard it. Well, was it a reliable source? Well, my friend told me. Well, where did they hear it? Well, they're good people, so they must know. They wouldn't say something that wasn't true. Oh, really? But you're repeating it, and you don't even know if it's true. So what happens? You repeat the matter. Uh, Let's go along with this example for a bit, just to, because we have to have some vehicle to help, help us understand this a little bit more, right? So student A gossips to students B and C, and B and C tell students D and E, so now you've got this really going through, and then it spreads a little bit more, and now there's a little bit of doubt, there's a little bit of suspicion, and someone actually got a blessing from this staff member's teaching or preaching or whatever they do, and they've enjoyed them up to this point. They considered them friends, but now there's this little bit of doubt in the back of their mind. Well, this could be true. And if this is true, what are they doing here? Why am I here? And why is everybody else here? What, let, let's just, let's just what? Let's consider the source. Let's deal with the gossip. You know, if you have a question about someone, you could actually go to them. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't go to them. 
they might think I was listening to gossip. Yeah, you were. Oh, so you don't want to give yourself away. I mean, if it's a serious, serious accusation, then maybe you should go to somebody. If this is so, so, prob- so problematic, why wouldn't you just go to, like, the pastor and say, did you know this? And he might say, did you know it? Oh, I've just heard it. I'm just giving you an example, okay? So this is how it can separate very friends, chief friends. And this is how the devil works. He gets people to repeat things that you don't even know if it's true. You might think it's true. You might suppose it's true. And you go around blabbing your mouth. And you ruin someone else's testimony. And you ruin someone else's faith and confidence in a good person. Now, I guess, for instance, we go back to the staff, a staff member. Could a staff member do something wrong? Yes. Guess what? We're sinners. <laughs> let's continue. Repeating a matter, maybe let's say that your friend shares with you, what does that do? They confide in you. Hey, can you pray for me? I'm struggling with this. And then you go around and say oh, to your other friends, did you know this person's this? They're like, they, they share that they're struggling with something. They don't want to go into a certain sin, but they're struggling with something. They ask for prayer, and you go around and tell everybody they are a whatever they're struggling with. So that betrays their trust. And what happens when you betray the trust of a friend? What happens to your friendship? It's over. You betray their trust. Are they going to trust you again? No. Why did they trust you? Because they thought Maybe you'd help them. They thought maybe you'd pray for them. But that twisted, perverse, dirty heart wants to vomit all over everybody else. This is bad. This is bad stuff. This is how friendships end. This is how uh, churches have problems. This is how, uh, it's not limited to churches. Go to the, go to the work world, Right? I mean, it's like dog eat dog there. So sometimes, now you didn't plan on ending the friendship by gossiping and repeating a matter, it just, but it's going to happen because you betray trust. But sometimes ending friendships between others is actually the goal of gossip. Uh, let's use another scenario that's been repeated. Re- over and over and over throughout history. All right? I've seen this one. Uh, you have young lady number one. She's a friend of young lady number two. She's also a friend of young lady number three. Well, she likes her friendship with young lady number two, and number one likes her friendship with young lady number three, and she likes having those friendships. But what happens when young lady number three becomes close friends to young lady number two? Young lady number one feels threatened. Young lady number one is now jealous. 
and young lady number one doesn't like young lady number two and three being close because now she's being left out and she's been robbed of a friend. So young lady number one says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to young lady number three. And I am going to tell her something about young lady number two. And I'm going to stop that friendship. And then I'm going to go to young lady number two. And I'm going to tell her something about young lady number three. So she's not going to trust her. And in the meantime, I am going to be the hero because I am going to be helping young lady number three uh, to overcome her difficulties with young lady number three. And vice versa. That happens over and over and over and over. The whole entire purpose is to destroy friendships. And that's the purpose, a lot of gossip. It's to destroy trust in a friend, trust in leadership, trust in a fellow brother and sister in Christ. So, pretty vicious, wicked, wicked sin. Probably good that we hear some teaching and preaching on it from time to time, amen? Because this ought not to be in the life of any Christian. But as we've already seen uh, from back in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, that it's in the heart. And it has to be dealt with. That's why the Bible says we need to guard our heart. And we need to ask God to guard our mouths so we don't let some of this stuff come out. So let's go back to uh, uh, Proverbs 17, verse number 9. We'll read the first part of it again. It says, He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. It, it ends by saying, But he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. But he that covereth a transgression seeketh love. What does that mean? Does that mean we should look the other way when we see somebody sin? I don't think so. You know, if someone sins, it doesn't mean we have to look the other way. But it also doesn't mean we have to tell everybody else about the matter. And that's why he continues in the context saying, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. So I think the first part of the verse and the second part of the verse are tied together. All right, love doesn't look the other way, but it does cover a transgression. How? By not spreading it abroad through gossip. I think that's the context of the passage. So you see someone else do something wrong. You have knowledge that someone else does something wrong. Doesn't mean you don't go up and say, hey, hey, friend, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, that's the appropriate thing to do. But the but you shouldn't go and tell everybody else, hey, did you know what they just did? Oh. Because love covers that. It doesn't make excuses for it. It doesn't ignore it. But it's not going to spread it abroad. Uh, here, what happens though? Okay. What if a person uh, gets their sin right with God? And that's what you hope happens, right? Because... Let me ask you, do you sin? Do we all sin? We all sin. 
And part of being a good Christian is that we get our sin right with God. We confess our sin. And what happens when we confess our sin? We're forgiven. It's cleansed. And the fellowship between us and God is renewed and restored. And we're just like nothing ever happened. God treats us that way. And so when your friend sins and they get right with God... But you've already told a lot of people about what they've done. Now what happens? They've gotten right with God, but you've damaged their testimony because you told everybody that they're guilty of whatever it is. And the people that you've gossiped uh, uh, to have bad thoughts about the person that uh, you gossiped about. But that person you gossiped about is no longer guilty. They're right with God. And your accusations actually no longer true. And people go around thinking bad things about people. Do you want everybody to know everything you've done wrong every time you've done something wrong? I don't. All of our mistakes, all of our problems... All of our slip-ups, all of our sins, whether it's sin of ignorance or blatant premeditated sin, we don't want all of that spread abroad. And so we don't repeat matters because love cares for other people and doesn't want to hurt them in the long run. It wants to help them through things. All right. So we can see then from the, uh, these couple passages that what does gossip do? It ends friendships. It, you know, ends our trust in, in, in authority. It ends our friendships and our trust and our, our concern for fellow believers. And it's a horrible thing. Sometimes it ends friendships because we said something. We repeated a matter that a friend said. They found out. Then we're in trouble. Or we, like the scenario of, of, of the young ladies, right, that... Uh, we're jealous, so we're going we're gonna to stop that friendship so that our friendships can, can go on. But you know what happens? Go back to that one. That when uh, young lady number two and young lady number three find out that young lady number one was gossiping and spreading lies and slanders about them. Now, young lady number two and young lady number three are best friends. And... For both their friendships with young lady number one is totally obliterated and will never <laughs> go forward. That's what happens. So really, it's self-destructive. Yes. It is self-destructive. But I guess that's what we like. We like to be self-destructive. We like to just do things that hopefully will hurt somebody else, but go back in the scripture and over and over what happens, it comes back and hurts us. By the way, if we are the gossip, you know what we become known as? The gossip. And then who, who trusts the gossip? Nobody. <laughs> and then, then, how many friends do we have? None. Hmm. All right. Better move on here. See, isn't this a bad pitfall? And that's why we're talking about it, because God doesn't want us to fall into this, because it hurts and destroys ourself. 
And then it hurts and destroys other people and their, their testimonies, their reputations. And all of this can be avoided. But we all have a weak flesh, so we all have to guard against this so that we don't end up in this. All right, let me give you the, the, the fourth one. So it wounds, it poisons, it ends friendships. And then in Psalm 15, we see that it cuts off fellowship with God. It cuts off fellowship with God. Now, a true Christian, a believer, enjoys fellowship with God, craves it, needs it, has to have it to get through. But if we're gossips, we're not going to be real close to God. So in in Psalm 15, the Bible says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Now, the tabernacle... uh, in David's day, obviously before the temple was built, right? The tabernacle was the, the place where uh, the, the God's people worshipped. It had the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, representing the, the dwelling place of God. And so the whole idea, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? The holy hill was, was Mount Zion there in Jerusalem, Uh, The whole idea was, who's going to be able to have close fellowship with God and stay close to God? Uh, Some people might say, well, that verse is talking about who can go to heaven. I I don't see it that way because then you have to do all this list of works found in verses 2 through 5 to go to heaven. And that's not what the Bible teaches. So I think in context, this is talking about uh, having close fellowship with God. So who's going to have close fellowship with God? Now we got the context. Let's look at verse number two. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness. Ooh, and speaketh what? Truth. And where does he speak the truth? Where does it start? In his heart. Truth starts in the heart. Okay. When... A person slanders. Is that truth? Absolutely not. Slander is not truth. It is something deceitful and it's, it's bent on, uh, you know, maligning somebody. So if we're going to have close fellowship with God, we're going to speak truth in our heart. We're not going to, and that's where it starts, we're going to have, some, and when it's in here, it's going to come out our mouth. We're not going to be speaking slanderous things. We're not going to be speaking injurious things about other people. Now, it continues there in verse number three. Again, if you want fellowship with God, it says, He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor. And that's what you're doing. You're doing we're doing evil to our neighbor when we backbite them, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Wow, so if you want to have fellowship with God, we, we just read four, four different ideas from verses 2 and 3 that have to do with the tongue and, and what we speak. There is a direct correlation between what comes out of our mouth and our fellowship with God. If what comes out of this mouth is not right, we are not in close fellowship with God. And that's a pitfall that the devil would love for all of us to fall into. Just run in our mouth. 
saying things we shouldn't say, saying injurious things, whether they're true or not true or whatever it is. We need to be careful because when we are not careful, now our fellowship with God is over. And it's, it, how, how terrible is that? We walk around thinking we're, we're, we're right with God when we're not. So, it cuts off fellowship with God. Let me give you uh, the last one for this point, point number four, what does gossip do? Not only does it cut off fellowship with God, it limits leadership opportunities. Oh, yeah. So we can go to 1 Timothy chapter 3 for this one. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 3, the first part of the chapter is talking about the qualifications to be a pastor. And then uh, right after that, follow the qualifications to be a deacon. So if you're looking for deacons, uh, this is what you want to look for. He says uh, in verse number eight, likewise must the deacons be grave. They need to be serious, not double-tongued. Ooh, double-tongued, not double-tongued, not saying one thing to one person and another thing to another person. We we might call it two-faced. But then it continues. So the deacon himself has got to be careful with his tongue, not giving them much wine, not greedy, a filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith and a pure conscience. Verse 10, um, and let these also first be proved. These also, meaning just like the pastors. Pastors should be proved. They shouldn't be a novice. Same idea with the deacons. Uh, be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Oh, that's not all though. Verse number 11. Even so must who? Their wives be grave. Not what? Slanderers. Sober, faithful in all things. Interesting. So, we see that the, the deacon cannot be double-tongued. Can't be a gossip, can't be a slander. He didn't, you know, just different term there. But even his wife can't be a slanderer. So if you're looking for a deacon, you're looking around and saying, oh, that's a good guy, but yeah, look who he's married to. He might be privy to some things helping out with the church and other people's problems, and we might be able to trust him, but we can't trust his wife, so no, he's not a deacon. So that's not fair. (laughs) Sorry, that's the Bible. That's the Bible. And it's not just the wife, it's him also, but it's both. It's both. So, If God's going to limit leadership positions in a church based on how we use our tongue and slander and all that, then do you think it's a pretty serious thing? It is. It's very, very serious. And that's why we want to make sure that we're very careful with our tongues. Rather than get started in the next point will we will end a couple minutes early all right just mark it down 
Never has happened before. May never happen again. But enjoy. <laughs>